Hey there, hi there, ho there. I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. And he's Dave McIver, our special guest here on uh, the final edition of the Calgary Stampeder podcast as we look back on the 2019 season. And let me say the final episode uh, for the year. This is going to be our final regular Thursday installment. Keep checking back in because periodically, as the Stamps News and CFL News breaks in the offseason, we'll, uh, we'll be back with updates on that. And I do want to thank uh, Valentine Volvo for helping us out all season long, Dave. Uh, they've been our sponsor of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. Podcast and uh, we couldn't do it without them, so big shout out to our uh, title sponsor. Yay, Valentine Volvo. Yes. Uh, guys, uh, let's start off with uh, looking back on uh, Grey Cup 2019. Obviously, the Stampeders weren't in it, but you know, my saying all the time leading up to the Grey Cup was the city needs a win. The city needed a win mm-hmm. with uh, with the festival, with uh, the business end of things, uh, with, a, with a full stadium. Uh, Dave McIver, what's your take? City get a win? City got a win. I was actually down at the Great Cup Fest on Saturday, went uh, right during the afternoon, and uh, you know, what a setup, first things first. Uh, great little spot for it. Everything nice and tight together, and then obviously everything being in uh, the BMO Center was just awesome. I thought uh, the energy was there. They had live music, you know, the pancake breakfasts every morning. Heard the rodeo was uh, was packed and enjoyable, and you know, I, yeah, it's very Calgary. But hey, we put on a very Calgary show, and it was it was great from all accounts, uh, from what I saw. I was disappointed with a couple of things. Number one, I was disappointed the game wasn't sold out. Now I get it; Calgary's economy sucks right now, and and the tickets, you know, were were priced, you know, fairly, uh, fairly high. So from that standpoint, it was disappointing. I will also say, hey, we get it. McMahon Stadium is is not a, a great facility to watch a game in, so uh, that was an issue. And, and the fact that the Calgary Stampeders weren't in the game, so I think there were some variables why the game didn't sell out. I was a little disappointed with our Royal Canadian Air Force because uh, what happened to the other jet? <laughs> You know, only only one only one jet with the flyover like was our other jet in the shop. Cuts, Chuck. Cuts. <laughs> so, and and but most importantly, I was disappointed the game wasn't more compelling. Yeah, because I tell you, I thought it was going to be so close. I I like many thought the Hamilton Tiger Cats were going to win that game, but I, I tell you what, we saw the headline. You know that Hamilton picked the wrong time to come up with a stinker. Didn't we say the same thing after the Western semifinal against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here in Calgary with the Stampeders? Uh, maybe Maybe we should just give credit to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because they were obviously the best team not only in this game, but the best team in the playoffs. And you had to give credit to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Just uh, before we get to that, I just wanted to give my take on a mm. couple of things about the Grey Cup Festival. I was uh, I was a bit skeptical about locating everything down at Stampede Park, mm-hmm. but that in the end was the right decision. You know, people were able to get down there centrally. Uh, I saw some of the outdoor stuff up close and, you know, thank God, they had good yeah. weather for that because that made the outdoor festival a success. There was also the indoor family stuff and uh, mm-hmm. the team houses. I was at the uh, the alumni luncheon, which was a, a huge, huge success. So, uh, you know, the whole event from an event planning standpoint, uh, I thought it was a real hit. I, I want to add one more thing. I thought the halftime show was knocked out of the park. Yep. You know, I'm not yep. a country music fan. I'm not a Keith Urban fan. I had some friends in from the Netherlands. Uh, they didn't know who Keith Urban was, as a matter of fact, but they thought the halftime show was brilliant as well. I had one issue with the halftime show, okay. and that was the fact only half the stadium could see the front of the yeah, stage. Fair enough, and fair enough. Uh, I will give credit to Edmonton when uh, you know, Grey Cup 106 was going on. They put uh, Alessia Cara down in the end zone. Yeah, we were yeah. sitting you know, at the other side of the stadium, but you saw the show, and I felt like fans... Got a little bit yeah, okay. robbed uh, on that. Should side. have been a round stage. Yeah, then, you can, then you can talk exactly. to you know sing to both. Yeah, yeah it, was, exactly. it was a first class production oh, in terms of television, though. Oh, so, fantastic! I mean, Keith Urban's no Luba. No, 
And, uh, no, but, no, but, no blue know, we'll rodeo. No Miss blue rodeo. That's we'll take Miss no Miss Ball. Ball. We had blue rodeo here in 2009, <laughs> baby. But yeah, as, you, as for the game itself, again, I mean, I, I saw the commissioner the morning of the game, and he just says, "Hey, I'm cheering for a 38-38 game with a minute to go, and I don't care who wins." <laughs> and of course, you know that's that's what that's what you want when your team's not in it. But just you know, from a, a football standpoint. Wow, uh, I, you know, I might not be a, a fan of Mike O'Shea personally, but did he draw up a brilliant, brilliant game plan in all three phases of the game? Special teams are, I, I thought, were mostly a soft, but uh, especially in terms of offense and defense. Defensively, the the defensive line was right up on. They made Dane Evans look like a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. for uh, for the first time. He had no time to get rid of the ball, no chance to work his checkdowns because of the pressure that he was under all day long. They got to him. They got him flustered. They got him off their game. And again, uh, offensively, absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, the use of Andrew Harris on the game, the balance between a pass and run, Winnipeg was set for this game. You're right. The only major Hamilton scored was because of their fake punt, which was executed yep. to perfection as far as I'm concerned. That was the only play that made Hamilton fans, I think, a little bit excited. Mm-hmm. You know, but the three turnovers in the first quarter, you you knew at that point it was game, set, and match. Even and though, when Brandon Banks goes down with yeah, an injury. Fair enough. Yeah, fair that, enough. Was, that was it. Uh, I thought when Banks went down, you know, that's the MOP. You know, that's pretty much it. Because you base your game plan around guys like that, right? And you have one game, you know, it's tough to adjust, you know, at halftime. Or, you know, when he went down, it's tough for coaching staffs to make that adjustment. And unfortunately for Hamilton, it did bite them uh, by the end of the game. So a success from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. from a football game standpoint, ah, could have been better. But, uh, you know, again, full credit to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for putting out together as dominant a performance as uh, they did. So a, a hearty well done yes. to all involved here. But now... And now now it's up to Regina, see what they can do next yeah. year. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun in Regina. Again, the only question yep. with Regina is... Well, they've got just, a great stadium. Yeah, but... <laughs> they but, got that covered. But, you know, can, can you get... To the fun because uh, you know yeah. I mean Jock you were uh, yeah. you've been in Saskatchewan for the Grey Cup they have there has been more hotel construction but not in down, not downtown hotels but, and but yeah and, and it, if you really want to enjoy Grey Cup festivity last year in Edmonton perfect example you know this year in Calgary perfect example you want to be downtown and and you know so many people have to stay either in uh, you know Airbnbs or on the outskirts of town and and that makes it tougher you know and and I I, I do believe they have Uber now in Regina I, I, I don't know that but I know <laughs> that uh, speaking from personal experience. We were in Regina this summer for a wedding at the same time as Big uh, Big Valley Jamboree. It's not called that here. It's the uh, Saskatchewan uh, Craven. It's called. Yeah. And um, there, we we were at. We wanted to be on the south side of the city to be close to this wedding. The only room we could find was in the north side of the city. Is that right? And yeah. uh, like so, like you say, hotels could be a tough a tough sell or a tough find uh, next year for Great Cup One Hundred Eight. Yeah. That being said, it's a, it's going to be a full house and mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a bash. And was this was there? this the last Great Cup in Calgary at McMahon Stadium? I hope, I, I hope so. I mean, Did I was. Uh, I, I got to confess, like Jock, you and I talked about this when the game was was first awarded here because uh you know that was still you know on the on the heels the you know the Calgary next fiasco was still fairly mm-hmm. fresh and i was a little bit surprised actually that Calgary got a great cup given the fact i mean and Randy Abrosi came out and said it you know this stadium mm-hmm. is not up to standard in terms of right. uh, of hosting a great cup game and you know i want to see a new stadium uh, you know get built somehow some way and if this is the last the last Grey Cup at McMahon Stadium in its current incarnation, I'm fine with it. Yeah. 
Well, sorry, go ahead. I just don't see how. I was surprised when they got this one. You know, I thought the last Grey Cup in Calgary was the last one they were going to get, so I'm, I'm with you. I just can't see, you know, with the stadium selection they have in the league now that they they come back to Calgary and uh, try it another go. I, I don't think it will be because I don't think we're going to be getting a new stadium anytime soon here in Calgary, and I do like the fact that the uh, CFL does, uh, you know, move it around. I'll say this. I thought, you know, with, with the stadium that has its challenges, I like what the Stampeders did by adding those corporate suites in the end zone. I thought the building looked very, very, very good uh, from that standpoint. You know, hey, do they need some upgrades to the stadium? Yes, they've got to blow out the concourse. they got to do something. I'm not an engineer, but I, I would hope that that kind of thing could be done. I, I The sight lines of McMahon are very, very good, but you know, I, I think you, if you can somehow take it down to about a 30,000 seat facility, take out some of those seats in the end zone, put in the grassy knolls where just family areas can consider something like that. You know, party, but again, party area well, in the end it, zone. Exactly, but, but then maybe just, you know, I don't know structurally, you know, if you can do it or not, but could you somehow blow out that concourse area and, and redo it? Um, you know, would that be would that be a better fix than than actually spending a whole bunch of money on a new stadium, which I just don't think is going to happen in my lifetime? If it could be done and if, if it could be done right, open the concourse. Yes. To the field, which is you know what what a, was what a modern stadium needs. Have the uh, as we call them the millennial areas where mm-hmm. you can you know just <laughs> gather and have fun. You know Ottawa, Regina, uh, you know Winnipeg. It's uh, th- that shows you just how much that adds to the in-game experience. If an engineer tells me that you can redo McMahon and bring it up to more of a modern standard, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah it's uh, like a, I. The millennial on the podcast. I'm telling you, like I got buddies who who haven't been to games in two or three years, not because they don't watch CFL football, not because they don't think the CFL game is a bad product, but because they do not want to go sit in McMahon Stadium, and and that's unfortunate. So you're right. If they can find some ways to improve and renovate again, I'm all for it. So we know where Grey Cup next year is going to be. We obviously don't know who is going to be in it or what the league is going to look like next year. I mean, if uh, last offseason was any indication, it is going to be nuts out there come free agency in February. It's already getting off to a, a pretty quick start here. I mean, Devon Claybrook's fired. Jason Moss fired. Rick Campbell steps away from his job because uh, of a broken relationship with his general manager. So you've got a third of the league yeah. looking for, uh, for for new head coaches, and there's going to be talent out there. Uh, we're already hearing reports that uh, Mark Killam, Ryan Dinwiddie are on uh, a couple of teams' radars. Pete Costanza, the longtime receivers coach, uh, mutual parting of the ways with the club. And I guess it had to happen sometime. This coaching staff for the Calgary Stampeders has been more or less intact for a long time. That's mm-hmm. been one of the strengths of the team. But, you know, given the football operations camp uh, cap, given the fact that people have career aspirations, you can't keep it together forever. One of the nicest additions the Calgary Stampeders did last year when they lost to Von Clay Brooks, they brought in J.C. Sheridan. It was just, you know, a fresh face and uh, new blood and uh, new ideas, and that that was good. And so, you know, hey, you and I both have a lot of respect for Pete Costanza, um, but hey, he'd been around for 12 years, and sometimes you do need that fresh face and that new blood and those new ideas. So I, I, I think it's just one of those things, and you know, you're right. Could could they lose uh, Ryan Dinwiddie to Ottawa? I don't think Ryan's ready for it to be a head coach at this point, uh, but maybe offensive as, coordinator, yeah, maybe as an offensive coordinator, and, and takes Nick Arbuckle with him, as we've discussed before on this uh, podcast with Danny Austin. So you know the, those things are all in play. I, I'm not so much worried about you know the coaching staffs. 
I'm more worried about, you know, what's happening on the field. What did Randy Ambrosi say? You know, it's a Monday morning meeting where, you know, we got to look at this NFL window because could you imagine if the Calgary Stampeders lose Reggie Bagleton, Trey Roberson, Nate Hawley to the NFL this year? Mm-hmm. These are all part of that young core that the Calgary Stampeders are building on and the fans are, you know, getting all excited about. And, you know, the, the Stampeders do have one of the youngest teams in the league. But, boy, if they lose, Dave, you know, some of these, uh, some of these young players, I, I think that's going to be a real blow. It's scary, to be honest. Like, you know, if, if you're a Stampeders fan, you're looking at this and going, well, those are three of our best players this year. One's an outstanding rookie, one's an all-star, and one, I would say, is a good. you can make a good argument, the best receiver in the league this year. So those are three guys who, you know, could be gone. I don't like the NFL window. I, I don't, you know, you, you guys might have the answer to this. I don't know how this was worked into the CBA uh, or, you know. The, well, the players obviously like it. I, 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 I yeah, get that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the, how the, you know, the, the, the GMs and the owners let that happen yeah. is beyond me. I got the impression that it caught everybody by surprise because this came up at the commissioner's state of, uh, of the league address. And that was, you know, Jock had the line, this is going to be a Monday morning issue. And, you know, I got the feeling that, the the business end of the Canadian Football League was kind of caught off guard by this. That you know somehow there was there was some wording in there that no one thought opened the door to this NFL window. I mean, I'm I'm hearing that they might find a way to close it with the support of the NFL because you know the NFL yeah. because this has happened before. The NFL is going wait 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 wait. These guys are under contract. We don't want to be messing around with with guys that are under contract. With a team right. in an in another Respect league, the contract, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I under, I understand the NFLPA may have a little issue with it too. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which so. would yeah, which which would again be around contracting. So I would I would love to see it sorted out. So a contract is a contract mm-hmm. because stability is so important when it comes to marketing a team to to marketing stars. Even with free agency last year, I, it was. It was great. It was like fun to talk about. I'm not sure it was the best thing for the right. league. When you look at the Ottawa Redblacks, their season ended in 45 minutes. They got gutted in mm-hmm. in February when they got absolutely uh, absolutely gutted. Edmonton had huge turnover. BC with with too much turnover. Calgary lost uh, lost a lot of talent. And uh, if that NFL window, if you add that in there as well, it's just going to be a revolving door, and and that's not good for the league. I mean, you know, in Calgary, the saying is. In Huff we trust because John Huffnagel has shown the uncanny ability to keep that pipeline of of talent coming in. But you know, sooner or later, you have to wonder: Is he going to run out of magic? Now, the other quirk, uh, cost-cutting measure that I that I don't like heading into this offseason, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out next year, is only the two quarterbacks on the roster, not having that third quarterback, that development position. Um, you know, sure, you can still try to keep a quarterback around on the practice roster, but, you know, does a quarterback want to stick around for that kind of money? Uh, maybe, but I would say in a lot of cases, probably not. And, uh, you know, I, I think that could be a real issue because what was 2019? 2019 was the year of the backup quarterback and and you know because you had that development system in play we saw some great storylines in the Canadian Football League this year you know that that storyline could be gone because is Montel Cozart ready to be the backup quarterback here in Calgary I'm not sure he is I'm not he's he's a different type of quarterback than Bo Levi Mitchell but uh, you know I I think to me that's going to be something to watch yeah I think it and I think it hurts the ability uh, for a chance to get a good Canadian quarterback developed right what Mm -hmm. do you usually see a Canadian quarterback who's played in U sports comes in and is usually your third string guy maybe he is on the practice squad you're immediately eliminating that chance because you know we've seen in the past few years the chances of a Canadian quarterback you know being a top two guy is pretty pretty thin and 
taking that extra spot away, that makes it even harder. And as we've seen time and time again, it takes years to yeah. develop a, a Canadian quarter or a CFL quarterback wherever that quarterback is from. You know these these guys they come into the league again. Let's let's look at the Calgary Stampeders. Dave Dickinson was a third string quarterback. Jeff Garcia was a third string quarterback. Henry Burris yep. was a, a third string quarterback. You know the first year I covered the CFL, Bo Levi Tra- Mitchell. Yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell was a third stringer. <laughs> Tracy Ham was the third string quarterback in Edmonton. Uh, you know the first year that I started covering the CFL. So. Uh, that is going to be one policy that is that is going to demand a rethink. And to Jock's point, do we really want to get in a situation next year where we have a uh, a Rob Maver game where you know it'll be fun to watch a couple plays of Rob Maver? But if two quarterbacks go down, that's your option. That's yeah. the guy going in. Do you really want to? Do, do fans want to watch that? Spit a football. He throws it well. I've been on that sideline, but you know, is that a situation you want to be in? You know, long term or for three or four quarters? I don't. Dave uh, and Dave McIver I'm talking to here now. I, I, I like what you bring up about the Canadian quarterback because, you know, we've seen Andrew Buckley here in Calgary. You know, Michael O'Connor drafted last year by, you know, the, the Toronto Argonauts. I'd love to see these guys get a chance. And, Adam Sinagra well, going to be drafted where, this And that's year. where I was just going to throw to you because Adam Sinagra, heck, Creighton Trophy winner, Vanier Cup, uh, you know, MVP. You know, obviously he wants to play pro football. He wants to do it on his merit. He was at the Stampeders camp a couple of years ago uh, with that internship program. He was in Edmonton's camp, uh, you know, this year. You know, could, does Adam Sinagra even get a chance if there's only two quarterbacks in the roster? Yeah, that is that is going to be a problem because, again, it just comes down to the time it takes to develop a quarterback. I mean, you know, look at Andrew Buckley. Mm-hmm. He moved up to number two on the depth chart probably a year ahead of, uh, I, I think, when when he should have been. You know, he could still handle himself out on the field, but capable to come in and run a full game plan? Maybe not, but uh, I, know I would have loved to have seen Dr. Buckley, you know, just to see how he could develop as a, as a CFL quarterback. Adam Sinagra is going to be uh, an, an interesting case. So he's got the tools, he's got the knowledge of three-down big field football, but how is that going to translate to the speed of the game at the pro level? How much time is, is he going to be given uh, O'Connor, you know, a, a Chris Merchant, out of uh, out of Western, are we going to see these guys get the real shot? And again, and you've started to see it in the last few years. You know, the push for Canadian quarterbacks. It's finally starting to get some traction, and this could be a real setback. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. We, how long have we always wanted to see a good Canadian be a good can, uh, Canadian quarterback in the Canadian Football League? A long time, and you're right, David. It's, uh, it's It scares me a little bit that you're losing that development. And I, Brad Sinopoli is another great example. Of, you know, Even if you're not going to make it as a quarterback, some of these guys can play yeah. other positions, and uh, you're eliminating that. Any other uh, any other big issues that you're looking at uh, for the CFL on the offseason? Well, you know, I, I I look back at 2019 for the Calgary Stampeders, and you know, we can talk about you know the defections to the NFL. We can talk about the free agent signing elsewhere. We can talk about the you know the players retiring, and and this year we've had the one retirement from Brandon Smith. But I, I really look back at the Calgary Stampeders of 2019, and I I look at it as the year of the injury. Now we've had injuries, you know, in this city before. You know, I think every single team goes through the injuries, but but. What is going to happen with guys like, you know, Junior Turner and Brad Erdos and, you know, uh, you know, Cordero Law, you know, because they're they're getting a little older in age, you know, uh, those, Corey those Greenwood, guys, Corey Greenwood, uh, an, another perfect example. And, you know, just uh, just how many of these guys are going to say, I've had enough. I don't want to play anymore because my body's just too beat up. Are you know what? What are the Stampeders even going to do to to try to minimize the the number of injuries? Because they did lead the way this year with man games lost in the, in the Canadian Football League. So it's it's quite interesting. So that's something that I'm going to 
certainly watch in the offseason. My concern is what I think a lot of people are concerned about, and that is the run game. And it's going to be another, you know, possible big turnover this year. Sign James Wilder Jr. (laughs) I got no issue with that. But, and, you know, hopefully, you know, that does happen for, you know, Stampeder fans when free agency does kick off. But you look, Jock, I I listened to, you know, every one of your, you know, half hour with the coach. It was almost a reoccurring theme every week was, you know, run game, run game, run game. You saw it on social media. You saw it in the papers. You heard it on the radio. This team's got to find a way to run the ball better because Bo's not going to do it. And we can all stop thinking that he's yeah. he's going to run the ball because he's not going to. And that, I thought, hurt them, especially, you know, in the West semifinal when Chris Drevler's running all over you and, you know, you can't answer that. And that's my biggest concern heading into the offseason. Well, the Stampeders, just to follow that up, the Stampeders can't play three internationals on the offensive line yeah. next year. I'm, yeah. I, I'm firmly convinced of that. Yeah. And if that is the case, then they're going to be in trouble again, you know, from that to from that perspective, Dave. So I, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have that has been a strength of the Calgary Stampeders is, you know, when you have the guys like the Alex Singletons, uh, when you have that strength on the offensive line, when you have the depth at receiver, is it gives you so much flexibility in uh, in the Canadian ratio. And that is something that's going to need to be addressed. Guys, uh, it's been a great uh, season here. So many uh, great topics, so much to discuss Thanks to the Calgary Stampeders and the Canadian Football League yeah. for uh, never having a dull moment and uh, giving us uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, thanks to uh, everyone uh, who's been uh, downloading our podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, those numbers are starting to come up. Uh, thank you very much. We love talking Stampeders. We love talking CFL. And uh, we love that uh, you guys are, are liking what we do. Give us the feedback. Give us yep. the story ideas. Let us know what you want this podcast hey, to be. And, and if there's a couple of off-season story ideas you want us to talk about or some people you want us to track down, we can certainly do that too. Dave McIver, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Jock Wilson, thanks for doing this. Dave Rowe, you're a rock star. Yes, I am. And <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, check in uh, periodically the Calgary Stampeders podcast. When there's Stampeder news to talk about, we will be talking about it in the off season. And of course, next year, country. Thanks a lot for this.